Well, we have some of our seniors here, and we're going to celebrate them here in a little bit with food and whatnot. And I, I got some baby pictures of them all and put them on a video and put it to music so that the parents will cry. <laughs> and it, uh, it's a, um, it'll be a good time. And then they're going to they're gonna get done here, and then they're going to go places. Oh, the places you will go, the things you will do, and the, the mistakes you will make. Uh, and that's, gonna, that's fine. That's fine. Mistakes are fine. Uh, just don't make these mistakes. Um, don't wear your letter jacket to the first day of college. <laughs> Austin, they know you played sports just by looking at you. What happens, though, is in, in, at the university level or in co- you go to college or maybe, even if it's just like you go to hope, you run into people you don't know. And this instinct kicks in, and maybe this happens to you if you've changed jobs or you started going to a new church or whatever. This instinct kicks in to reclaim your place in the hierarchy, the ladder of life. Who's the best? It's amazing how often someone's ACT score just casually comes up that first week of college. Well, you know, I mean, I made a 27, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) But you get to college, I didn't make a 27. You get to college, and you try to find your place in, who, in life, and who's, who's better, who's worse. You really pay no mind to the people who are better than you, because there's always somebody better than you. There's always somebody, when I, where I grew up in Queen, Arkansas, there weren't a whole lot of musicians. I was one of the best. That wasn't hard to pull off. I could play a couple of instruments and could sing kind of. And I got to school and I was like, have any of you heard me sing? And then all of a sudden, like, people, people were like, yeah, and I can do this. And I was like, oh my goodness, what was that? That was real talent. It's crazy when you come across real talent. You think you're good at something and then you go into the big world and everybody's good at the something. And there's no hierarchy. to put. And so you're trying to grab for something, something to make you Better than everybody else. That's why you see all of these uh, these guys who are sort of good at football in, in high school go to college and just party like it's 1999. Like Prince would. Wearing, they're wearing nothing but purple. <laughs> But they, you see them and they just lose their mind because they got to be better, they got to be great at something. And going to parties and drinking way too much is all that they can grasp and hold on to. It's a sad response. But what's built in there is just this desire to be better at something or than somebody. 
And somebody, they're just grasping for something. To just the, Where do I fit? I call it um, hi, hierarchy musical chairs. It's, just, it's, a, it's a panic to try to figure out where you fit in society. And it's completely unnecessary. And even more so, completely unhealthy. I'm going to read you a, a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus talking, for the kingdom of heaven is like this. A landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the, pay, for the day and sent them into his vineyard. I'm going to pay you. You go work. About nine in the morning. So that in, first early in the morning is probably about six. So about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others just standing in the marketplace doing nothing. Now, this is, this is akin to, I don't know if you've ever been in a bigger town uh, if you go by Home Depot, there's people just sort of standing around out front. They're looking for work. They're looking for you to... They, if, if they can drive a nail. They can do something. They're looking for work for that day. So the guys standing around the marketplace aren't just talking. They're, they're looking around for someone to hire. So he found him in the marketplace. He said, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. Uh, just uh, seniors. If that if your if your boss tells you that up front, no deal. <laughs> Figure out if you show up early, they'll tell you they they'll pay what they'll pay you. You also go and work. I'll pay you whatever is right. Verse five. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon. Did the same thing about uh, at noon. Walked out. Said, "Hey, uh, y'all go, and I'll pay you whatever is right." Three o'clock. Went out. Y'all. Hey, y'all go over there. Work in my vineyard. I will pay you whatever is right. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go work in my vineyard. Well, verse 8, it says, When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. So they all line up, and the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came, and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received uh, denarius upsetting when they received it they began to grumble against the landowner the, these who were hired last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have bo- who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day verse 13 the landowner replies but he answered them i am not being unfair to you friend didn't you agree to work for a denarius Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who is hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. So these workers who were hired at six felt the same thing I would have felt standing in line. 
Well, apparently the terms have changed. They get, those people who have worked only one hour get a denarius. And so I'm probably going to get a denarius and a half. Or two, maybe. Even. If you figure it up proportionally, I'd get 12. I'm owed 12 by the generosity that he's shown them. I mean, it's going to just work that way. And 12 denarius is enough for, for half a month of not having to work anymore. They show up. Wait, 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 wait. They got that. It's not fair. It's not fair. I'm guessing you probably would have felt the same way. And maybe you're in church and you feel holier than you should and you're not agreeing to that. But you probably would have felt the same way. And you would have thought this isn't right. One of the worst things, the worst, and I know I'm sometimes prone to extremes, but one, actually I'm not, I am never prone to extremes. One of the worst things Christians do is create a hierarchy or a ladder of salvation and treat people accordingly. We are not called to be the one who determines what those who work for God get. But yet, we are constantly feeling superior to other people who we think might not work as hard as us. Here's a quick tip. Church tip. This is a life hack. If you at any point in your service to your church start to feel this thought. Oh, you know, I'm the only one who works around here. Take a break. Take a break. Stop for a little bit. Because your service to the church has landed you in an unhealthy place. And we get it. Take a break. Say, I, I, I just need it. I'm the only one who ever teaches babies class. Well, that's not true. But it feels like it. Take a break. I'm the only one who ever preaches. That, okay, well... I don't feel that way. <laughs> I'm happy. But there is a, there can be a frustration with other people about the work I'm doing compared to the work they're doing. But the problem is, is you're around you most of the time. You're around, actually, all of the time. You're around you all of the time. You know everything you do. There, rare is the time that you know what everyone else is doing. Rare is the time where you have good perspective on other people's lives, but yet for some reason we like to we like to create this ladder where there are some down here and they're they're the, they're like the least Christians. 
But there is no hierarchy of salvation. So the lights are either, either on or off. The kingdom of heaven does not have a dimmer switch. Either you're saved by the grace of God or you are not. Either, and now here, here's even the, the bigger one. We are all loved unconditionally by the God who sent his son to die on the cross and conquer death and become king over our lives. We are all that way. We are all loved and redeemed and offered salvation by God because he loves us. It doesn't say, for God so loved those who attend on Wednesday night, although do come on Wednesday night. It doesn't say, for God so loved the ones who have the right sort of dress clothes to come to church. It doesn't say for God so God for God loved the world, the whole thing, that he, he gave his only son. See, the grace, we, the thing we miss about this parable is the grace doesn't happen with the payment. The grace happens with the hiring. The grace happens at six. And at nine, and at noon, and at three, and at five. The fact that God wants us to work for him is grace in and of itself. And God, God says, hey, yes, I, I will offer you a paying gig. You will get what you're promised. But the grace happens over and over again. Throughout the story where people are hired because God loves them. People are shown grace because God loves all of you. Do you know that person that really gets on your nerves? God loves that person as much as he loves you. Do you know that person that you think is a stinker? Maybe literally, figuratively. Sometimes Rachel and I will be married uh, 12 months this month, I think. I'll have to check my calendar. You've been married 12 months this month? And more. <laughs> we'll be 12 years, but 12 months too. Just check it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, well, Johnny said we thought you were married when we came here. We weren't sure about it yet. So, yes, we'll have been married 12 years this month. One for two with that sentence. And sometimes I'll come in... And Rachel will say, you smell like outside. And I don't, still don't know what that means. I know it means you stink. But I'm not sure why it means that I stink. At first I thought, like, like pine trees, like a man. Like I was just carrying an axe. You gonna make me some pancakes? Is that what this means? I don't know what it means. But she loves me anyway. 
And if she's in a good enough mood, will hug me anyway sometime. <coughs> but like, she feels love for me no matter where I am in my life. Now, there are people in your life that you don't ever like to be around. <clears throat> that when you see them at the store, you tighten up a little. And maybe they feel the same way about you. But God loves you all equally. This is a level playing field we follow God on. God loves you all right where you sit. And when you give your life to Jesus, it cannot. it is not partially. The, God, the grace of God saves us all the way, every time, fully, completely, and without exception. He saves us right where we sit. It. And so when we treat other people like they're sort of sort of halfway there, they are either all the way there because of the grace of God or they are not even close because they don't, haven't found Jesus. There's, there's no in between. We are saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. There's no in between. And so when we look around and we create, there are some people who are less and some people who are more. And there, there's some, I mean, Harding, I went to Harding and it's fantastic. But there are some people who will ask you questions during lunch that you just don't, weren't ready for, right? How's your spiritual life? I'm eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why, why are you asking me that right now? I don't, they're, they're in church, sometimes we can create a system where there are, there are better people and there are lesser people. But we follow the king who washed feet. We follow the king who said that the blind see and those who think they can see are blind. We follow the king who says the first will be last and the last will be first. Those who got hired at the end of the day get the same reward as those who got hired at the beginning. You will find that you can love people easier on a level playing field instead of on a ladder or a hierarchy. It's easier to love people when we're standing next to them than it is when we're looking down on them. And you can never, you can't love them like that. So, Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. And there's this idea of this work and wages. Who's doing more to get more? And that's how our our Economy works. Work harder, get more. Work more, get more. Work better, get more. As if more was a healthy goal. God has called us to salvation, and he's called everyone else to salvation for the same reason as he called you to salvation and relationship is he loves you completely, fully. And the hardest part about that 
is he loves everyone the same way. Now, for the most part, uh, if, if everybody's special, nobody's special. We feel that sometimes. You know, everybody gets a trophy. Now, you participated. Thanks. <laughs> give us 20 years, we'll give non-participation trophies. Just walk down the street. Here, I know you didn't do anything, but we love you. I, that feels like an offensive thing to us. But when it's God doing it, when God gives the love and the grace and the salvation, when God gives it, we are all special. We are all special and we are all loved by the God who sent his son to die for us. And so when you start seeing the world like that, teenagers, adults, parents, when you start seeing the world like that, you, you aren't just having this deep relationship with God. You are expressing this deep relationship with God. I understand how God loves me, so I love other people the same way. God loves me no more, no less than anyone else on the planet. You get that? Anyone. Think of, think of the anyones. Now, you may be staying close to home. My neighbor who mows his yard at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. That person in line at Walmart who has obviously fewer than 10 or more than 10 items or 20, whatever it is, you count. Have you counted? You're a horrible person like me. You may, you, you may be keeping it even like those like minor frustrations and say, oh, even the, even the line, 10 items or less, it should be fewer. That's not correct grammar. Is that not bothering you? Okay, sorry. Does this me? Thank you, Judy. Me and Judy connect on that, yeah. Like, look, maybe you're thinking about small botherances, and maybe you're, you need to, to really experience the big love of God and how God loves everyone, even the people that annoy you, maybe even the people who want to kill you. Maybe even the people from different religions and different backgrounds and are fighting different fights. Maybe you need to span out and say, God at his core loves ISIS as much as me. <coughs> loves them. God at his core loves. God loved the world. Now, that doesn't mean what, like anybody condones any sort of violence or any sort of, like, Jesus is the way to God. But he sent his son for everybody. Members of ISIS, and it's not that many, but have been converted to Jesus. Why? Because God loves them enough to send them people. Brave people who are walking into these places and telling people who hate Jesus about Jesus and showing them the way. It's happening. God loves everyone.
everybody like he loves you. And he loves you more than you'll ever imagine. What we have to do with the way we love other people is eat, level the playing field. People we disagree with, people who hate us, we love them. Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. Saying, says that putting out hate with hate is like putting out fire with fire. You don't overcome hate with love. Or hate with hate, you overcome it with love. You don't overcome violence with violence. You overcome peace with peace because I'm called to follow Jesus and to love others like he has loved me. I hope that the love God has for others makes you uncomfortable. Because loving others like God loves you will make you uncomfortable. Leveling the playing field makes me, doesn't make me feel special anymore. I'm no longer better than anybody else. I'm just, But I am loved by the creator of the universe. That's a wonderful thing. But then the church's job is to mirror that love, level the playing field of the world, and say, I'm going to love everyone I come into contact with the way God has loved me. And that my friends, will keep you busy for the rest of your life. You're not, you're not going to be able to do that well until you're in the presence of God. You may get better, but you're not going to be an expert at it. The goofiest kid in your school. Seniors, you're going to go off to college. One of the things I realized when I went off to college is, or when I, maybe you're going to go into the workplace, um, but is there... There is really every type of person. Like you remember, those of you who are my age, you remember watching Saved by the Bell? And there was always those, uh, what they, they just deemed nerds, and they were like, <laughs> those people exist. <laughs> I didn't know they existed until I went to college. Like people who swallow mid-sentence. <laughs> you know, like, like, hey guys, when... Y'all going to the movies? Never. We're never going to the movies. That, those people, every, every type of person exists. Think of a type of person. They exist. Even when people tell you you're one in a million, that means there's like 600,000 of you. 700,000, actually. Now. That's, I mean... There's all types of people all over the place. And they're weird and creepy and loved. Just as much by the God who loves you and saves you. And they're loved just as much. They should be loved just as much by you. So I'm going to aim this at the seniors. And I and I hope you realize you're not there yet either. But if you want to be a successful human being, 
you want to be a good follower of Jesus, find ways to love people that make you uncomfortable. Find ways to serve them, to be around, to listen to them. Find the person sitting by themselves in the cafeteria and sit and ask them questions. People don't need to feel alone in a world where Jesus is king. They don't need that feeling because it's not it's not right, it's not correct. The playing field has been leveled by the cross. The love of God is straight across the board. Salvation is offered to all and God wants all to find it. So we start seeing them as equals. No matter what they made on their ACT or how fast they could run around the track or how hard they could hit the baseball or softball or how good football things they did. What? No matter what, God loves them just as much. God loves you that way. He sent his son for you because he loves you like that. And so when you are... Uh, when you get baptized, when you enter into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it's not so that God will love you. It's God loves you, so you do that. It's a response to the love and the faithfulness of God. When you interact with God through his death, burial, and resurrection, maybe you need prayer to help you love a specific person. We won't name names, but maybe you need that. Maybe your church needs to hold you accountable. Maybe you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Or give it back to Jesus for the first time in a long time. Whatever you need, please come forward while we stand and while we sing. I hear the Savior's